Pickett's Location Weekly. It's episode number 572. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we're excited to do this. Uh, what's what's going on with you, Avrana? Oh, well, we're recording on Friday, obviously. So it's the end of the week. Looking forward to a nice weekend. Um, it's been busy. You know how it is when you have a four-day week. Everything gets crammed in and lots of meetings and catching up. So um, other than that, I mean... You know, not not too much is going on right now. How about you? I'm good. I'm uh, gearing up for uh, being in in your city, New York City, next week uh, with this Canadian Technology Accelerator program at the Canadian Consulate and all of that. So, um, looking forward to uh, to seeing you uh, as well, um, and Tim, and you know anybody else we can drag out. Um, so yeah, I'm. Um, you know, it's it's just good to be back traveling and doing things and you know and the, the summer is here the weather's great my jays are you know eight straight winds you know lots of good things going on and we have a good show <laughs> yeah yeah so why don't you kick us off all right so going back to uh where i spent many years in the ip intelligence space api ip company has expanded their location API services. So um, obviously they have IP location services that they provide. So you query an IP address and it gives you a location back in real time. Um, now this API service can handle over a million requests per month. Um, and so any you know businesses, small or larger, really that have 5,000 visitors a month or a larger scale that receive over a million a month, um, can use this geolocation intelligence. So if you're wondering like, why would people use this? Just some interesting use cases that I know from my time and tenure at Digital Element was uh, personalized content, you know, based on location, targeted advertising, obviously, shipping calculators, language settings, um, any type of optimization around those things, as well as geo rights management, digital rights management, and other, other things as well. So um, I mean, I'm underwhelmed with the story because obviously coming from time and tenure at the largest IP intelligence company, I think this is like, you know, a little too late. <laughs> I mean, this this technology has been around since 1999. Um, and, you know, it's, it, there's, there's a handful of companies that do this at a, uh, you know, low price point or kind of a freemium model as well that provide maybe less um, accurate intelligence. So... To me, this is kind of a meh, you know, and if you're not using this, obviously definitely should be incorporating IP intelligence into your, you know, marketing strategy, website strategy, all of those things. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to see this, this type of a, an announcement come out just like it in 2022, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I kind of agree with you on that. And just in terms of, you know, this, this type of technology has been around for a long time, you know, obviously, you know, within our member base and stuff, we have, you know, companies like DevHub and, and others that are, you know, working on, you know, localized pages and, and, and content and things like that, you know, sort of the, the use case side of this. And so, you know, I, I feel like, you know, anybody who's sort of in, in that space of, search optimization and, and driving people to local pages and, you know, whether that's a, you know, Yext or Rio or any of those kinds of guys, you know, this has been part and parcel of what they've been doing for, you know, a long time. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, so yeah, we can do a million requests, but I'm sure 
you know, they're not the only ones that can do that. So I'm not sure what the uniqueness of, of this is. Um, I think it's valuable um, in terms of the, uh, the service itself and, and, you know, kind of looking at the geolocation data of, of where, you know, where people are searching from. Um, you know, and how you then can customize your offerings based on that. So value, yes, um, but technology uniqueness, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I don't, I'm not seeing a ton of, of uh, anything new here um, in that sense. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, and, and these guys come out of, uh, I think they're out of Belgrade uh, mm -hmm. as well. So, um, you know, um, maybe it's a, you know, more of a, a European play. Um, although, you know, most of the companies that you and I work with in this space are, are international, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, on to our second story. So this is just uh, an announcement about, about an acquisition. So GeoTrack, which is a company we've talked about on this show before. Uh, so this is a, they're a company that's into um, super small uh, mobile uh, IoT modules for asset tracking. So. Uh, sensors, you know, RFID type things, location-based tracking of equipment and services and so on. Um, so they've got these plug-and-play modules um, and, um, you know, they've got a bunch of branding and, and patent, you know, type of stuff filed and, and, uh, and whatnot around this. Um, they have been acquired uh, by a company called Spire Technologies. It's S-P-Y-R. They're publicly traded uh, company and uh, so they made the announcement that they've acquired the assets and, and technology from GeoTrack for $13.5 million which is a combination of cash and stock, 30 million shares uh, in Spire and 12.6 million in, 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 a, in a cash uh, transaction. So you know I, I think this is interesting um, you know you've got you know, obviously, some some talent coming over in terms of the technology side of things. Uh, you've got um, most of the GeoTrack product, from what I understand from the you know, reading the press release and the announcement, are you know still in development. Um, so I, it looks like this is more of a you know you built something really interesting, or you're in the, on the cusp of something really interesting here. Uh, Inspire is coming in and saying, hey, we'll we'll take it from here. Uh, and kind of evolve it. So they said that they're in the later stages of uh, development and testing of, of the GeoTrack products right now, and that will be sort of commercially available for deployment in Q1 of next year, 2023. So there's still work to be done, um, and it, it looks like, you know, sort of rather than investing in the company or raising capital, you know, to carry it on further, they decided to kind of just acquire this and roll it into, you know, the mix of what they're, you know, what, what Spire is, is already doing. And kind of take it forward from there. So um, they said, on, like, once the transaction's completed, Spiral have two subsidiaries, one called uh, Applied Magics, and then the other uh, being GeoTrack. Um, so you know, a bit of a sort of holding company, you know, with multiple uh, products and services going on here. Any any comments from you, Abrian, on this? No, I mean, to me, it just seems like they're leaning into the IoT space and probably trying to package up some. Um, different products and technologies through acquisitions and so that's yeah. what this looks like it's kind of the the start of to me so we'll see what happens from here I guess yeah and there's a lot going on in that space right like some of these sensors it's not just tracking like they've got sensors you know for temperature and motion monitoring and all kinds of things like that 
you know, we see a lot, um, you know, in Europe, uh, some of the companies that we, we work with over there doing a lot of this kind of, you know, tracking pallets and shipments and, you know, uh, how products are moving about um, in warehouses and things like that. So I think there's a lot, certainly lots of applications for this type of technology. Um, and it looks like Spire will be, uh, you know, an active player in that, you know, with this acquisition. Yeah. Well, let's go over to a company that we know and talk about often and know very well, um, Google. So, uh, you know, 15 years ago, actually yesterday, I was celebrating my 15 year wedding anniversary. Um, and 15 years ago, while I was saying I do, Larry Page had this idea to allow people to fully experience, you know, what it's like to be in specific places right from their phone or computer. And we all know this and probably everybody uses this um, street view uh, feature, right, within the map. So the 360 degree view of the map across the world. So now let's fast forward, they've got over 220 billion street view images, um, over a hundred countries and territories, uh, you know, and they are trying to expand this. So the recent announcement is saying that they're adding um, to their street view car and the tracker that they have, they're piloting this, this, um, this new technology, new like camera in essence, um, and they have plans to roll it out next year, but it's really just uh, focused on collecting more quality, high quality images and, and in more places. Um, so think about this, like camera has all the, all the capabilities of those street car cameras that are really large, that are on top of the Google cars that probably many of us have seen. Um, but now they're shrinking it down into like this transportable camera system and it's they're they're comparing it to the size of a house cat, which is a unique comparison anyways, but <laughs> saying it weighs like less than 15 pounds. It's very customizable. So previously, when you think about the cameras that they were using, you know, they had to package them up with everything, every system, every feature, every functionality. And now this is very customizable where they can say, hey, you know, some they need certain features, others maybe they don't. So they can kind of decide what they put in them. So like LIDAR, laser scanners, um, you know, things that might be able to detect like potholes, for example, or something maybe that doesn't need to be included if they're scanning the inside of a business. Um, so again, very, very customizable, which I think is really interesting. And it can fit on any car um, as well. So some of the use cases would include like business updates, looking at live views indoors and outdoors. Um, you know, they're going to have an immersive view that's launching soon, which would allow you to kind of easily go down the street, look at the, the inside of the businesses. So, I mean, I use live view or street view a lot, and I like the idea of like further building this out. You know, a lot of times it's very like start and stop when you're looking at, let's say your house hunting and you want to look at a neighborhood and you want to see kind of like, what do the other houses look like around it, um, on this street view or, I'm looking to go somewhere that I've never been before. So I want to get an idea or context of where this business is located or where parking is. Um, so sometimes it could definitely be more seamless. And so I'm excited to see how this like expands upon that. I think you can actually like sign up to be one of these drivers and put one of these things on top of your car. If you want to, you know, collect data for Google, uh, looks like that's a possibility as well, which is interesting, but yeah, I mean, I think, it's such an integral part of who we are as consumers is like that visualization without having to leave our home or leave our phone um, and understanding like where we're going, the context of things. So I find this immensely beneficial. I think it'll be beneficial for um, business owners as well as consumers alike. So I think this is a, a good announcement. 
Yeah, I think it's exciting. Obviously, you know, we all rely on Google Maps and, you know, Street View, and we've all been using it for, for a long, long time. Um, you know, and I think for me, what's, what's interesting, uh, and I'll comment on the camera in a second, is, you know, we've heard a lot in the last year, in particular, you know, from Apple about how they've really, you know, invested in Apple Maps and tried to improve that. Uh, and they have done a great job, I think, of uh, really, you know, sort of bringing Apple Maps up to, you know, up to par in some respects with what Google's doing. We should probably ask our good friend Tim Garcia to comment on this story, as opposed to you and I talking about it. But we'll, we'll get him offline next week. But um, the, uh, you know, what I like about this is that, you know, is is the size and the transportability of, of this camera now. So like, it means that, you know, you really can take this anywhere, right? Like they talked about, like, you know, on the back of a camel or, you know, going through the desert or, you know, on a snowmobile or, or you know, in the Arctic or things like that. And, and I love that idea of like, it's just that same, you know, sort of uh, density and accuracy and, you know, uh, level of, uh, of detail that we're used to, you know, but now just being able to have that anywhere. Right. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, in some ways, it's kind of like, you know, when the very first, you know, uh, TVs came out, right? The flat screen TVs came out and, you know, they were like, you know, 20 inches and $10,000 or whatever, you know, for this, for this, you know, uh, LCD TV or something. And now that same TV is, you know, can be, you know, 50, 60, you know, hundred inches or whatever. And it's like $2,000 or less. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it, it just over time, like technology, you know, just gets better. The, 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 the size and the cost goes down and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So, so I'm, I'm excited about this in terms of what more we can see of the world, uh, you know, through street view with, with this new camera. So it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, our final story this week. So kind of getting back into retail and, um, the metaverse, which is, you know, seems to be in the news every week now, uh, PacSun, the retailer, is kind of uh, trying to marry up what they're doing in the physical retail world uh, with what they're doing in the virtual uh, world. And so they've partnered up and are participating in something called Complex Land 3.0, which is a virtual multi-day festival uh, where visitors can shop for exclusive products. Uh, so they're highlighting uh, their resell initiative uh, called PS Reserve with a three-level store. Uh, There's a three-level virtual store that provides access to PacSun products. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. And you know, this is not their first foray into the metaverse. They've you know, been on, uh, in, in Roblox. Uh, they've been you know, experimenting and buying you know, property. Uh, in the metaverse uh, and things like this. Uh, so it's all about, you know, for them, uh, this is the first time though that they're linking sort of what they do in the real world to what they're doing there. So, um, you know, you, you basically navigate through these virtual stores, you select products that you want, and then you're redirected out to the sort of PacSun, you know, uh, e-commerce site uh, where you can actually buy the physical products and then have them shipped to you. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are just still, a lot of brands uh, are still navigating their way around, you know, what is, what is this opportunity, right? And you've kind of seen two, two things emerge. You have some, some brands that are just, we're just in that virtual world and you can buy virtual goods and, you know, play around with those virtual goods in that virtual world and use them to 
advance your avatar to whatever from point A to point B or, you know, it, it's more like gaming in that sense. Um, you know, hence companies like Roblox are, you know, huge players in this at the moment. And, that, and now you're starting to get, um, you know, sort of more traditional retailers and brands and restaurant chains who are jumping in there, but they're saying, you know, we need to tie this back to the real world. So you can go shop, you know, in, you know, in the virtual metaverse, you know, for items, but those items are, are then you, you order them and then they're shipped to you like at your actual physical address in the real world. Um, so I think you're, you're seeing a, a bit of both right now. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, this continues to play out. Like, you know, it's not going anywhere. Um, you know, every, every week, you know, we hear about, you know, a dozen more brands that are trying something in there. Nike's in there and Forever 21 and Chipotle and, you know, Wendy's and tons of people that I've, I've read about lately. So it's, uh, there's, a, there's certainly a lot going on. And um, yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting that we keep seeing the emergence of this, but the question that I have is like, how many consumers are in the metaverse, right? We haven't really talked about numbers there yet. So I feel like um, hopefully we can kind of dive into that soon because it's, it's great and cool to see all of these brands jumping in, creating these immersive shopping experiences, bridging that, you know, virtual and physical world. I love that. Um, and I think that, you know, every brand should be trying to, to dive into this and figure out what their place is um, at some level. And so I think, you know, on that note, it's like, it's great. Let's, let's figure this out. But what are, where are the consumers going and like, where are they spending time in the metaverse? What's, you know, what are, what are we looking at growth rates there is my question. So, um, you know, I think that this is definitely a very much brand driven initiative today where they're just trying to be first but consumers are maybe not there yet, right? So um, I guess that's yeah. my question is like, what's yeah, the impact? Yeah, it's interesting to see, see the numbers, right? So uh, stay tuned on, uh, on that question because uh, we'll, uh, the, on the ground level side of my world, we're, uh, we'll have an answer to that very shortly, so. I love it. So, so that's it, folks. That's uh, that's our show for this week. Um, you've been listening and watching episode number five hundred and seventy-two of Location Weekly. Uh, thanks again for your time. Uh, please let us know if you have story ideas, and reach out to us with any feedback or likes, love, whatever you got for us. We want to hear about it. So, um, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye.